0: This is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of The Drop-In CEO, and I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the podcast where week after week, month after month, I find these amazing leaders who share their insights with you. And if you like this episode, and I do hope you do, tell others, tell others about this amazing resource. We love downloads. We love ratings. We love reviews. That helps us to continue to bring great programming. And just know, you all know I am here to help the C-suite leader of today and tomorrow navigate challenges with confidence. And it was with that that I am I am so happy to bring on to the show Nana Banso, who is the president of Infinite Horizons, a firm dedicated to helping businesses that want to grow but are too dependent on their owners and key employees or both. He is a certified value builder advisor and a certified Strategy X implementation partner. He also hosts a weekly podcast called Build Value by Choice. He has over 17 years experience either co-launching multiple business ventures or consulting for business leaders, and furthermore, he has worked in multiple industries and was a member of a team of chemical engineers and scientists who invented, yes, <laughs> fat-free cottage cheese. We're going to go there, learn more about Nana, but welcome to the Drop-In CEO podcast. Thanks for having me, I It's a great pleasure to be here. And I am excited to bring you to the show because one of the things I see, I also, when I drop into businesses and help the C-suite leaders, it is their baby. It is their lifeblood when they build these businesses and they have done quite well. But sometimes we get to these points in the journey where they no longer can operate at the optimal level. And so that's why I am so grateful for people like Nana, who is going to share with us a little bit about how he does that work and gives our business owners peace of mine, but I am going to ask you, Nana, to tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners and how you've arrived at doing this work.
1: Yeah, so yeah, thanks. Uh, so my background essentially, I actually did engineering, chemical engineering to be exact, back in college, which is how I, you know, I got involved in college cheese. And uh through the journey, I've you know worked at you know different companies uh in corporate America over the years. And I've also done a lot of uh, entrepreneurial things. Um with full-time and part-time, and that's part of you know partnerships and also solo. And you know, I got to see things from both sides of the fence, both from um companies that I've worked for being acquired and also for companies that I've worked for that are acquired other companies. And so I got to see you know some of the things that that happens, you know, when companies get merged or get acquired in terms of the integration challenges, what works well, what doesn't work well. Some of the regrets that you know, when teams are, or companies are acquired, uh, both from a personal perspective and also from the business owner's perspective, that just what happens. And I thought in a world of the business Goliath, my experience and background actually will give me an opportunity to help um, businesses, especially I was interested in growth, the you know, businesses that are growing, uh, but neither don't have the time because they, it's kind of a catch 22. We have this dilemma. Um, where, on the one hand, you want to you, know, you you keep growing your company, you don't have the banner because a lot of the activities are centered around the owner as a hub. On the flip side of it is that you need to be able to take a step back for the help to be able to go forward. So, and so you know, where is that? You know, the you know, medium. And so part of it is why how I found uh, the value builder system, which was which was a platform that I felt was good in terms of leveraging a software system that would make it easier for, you know, companies to be a part of a strategic planning process and then incorporating things like the execution of it, uh, which is where the strategy also came in. So I partnered with them as well. So I felt that there was that niche, um, but the other thing was the long-term, the transition from having a growing business to either retirement, whether, you know, you want to sell or whether you want to pass it on to your kids, there's always that regret factor. And so how do we uh through the whole cycle, you know, when you're trying to grow your business but don't have the bandwidth to be able to execute the ideas that you have, and then also you get so caught up in the day to day business that one day you wake up and you time to transition out of the business, but you're not ready. And uh, you may be forced, your hand may be forced, and therefore you end up, you know, in a transition out of your business under suboptimal circumstances, which mm-hmm. make you either regret or you felt like you didn't get if you sold it, maybe you didn't get the valuation that you were looking for. If you pass it out to your kids, the business, because we know like from the you know Family Firm Institute that they have this metrics where businesses tend to, uh, the success rate of passing businesses down from one generation to the next, tend to go down you know, towards subsequent generations. So I thought that was an opportunity for me to be able to help uh, given my background, education and experience.
0: So that's really great insight. And we are going to get back to the cottage cheese at some point, because that is super interesting. But you talk about a particular pain point for these owners. And I am wondering, though, how then are, do you get connected to such entities? Is it that they all of a sudden wake up and realize I don't want to have that regret? They have the awareness that something has to change and they find you or does something catastrophic have to happen where somebody says this owner needs help? I'm just curious about how then do they come together with your offers to be able to help them through such challenges?
1: A lot of times, what happens is um, they during the point of transaction, with a broker, or you know maybe with a direct uh, you know, buyer-seller kind of thing, they realize that they're not you know meeting the th- the valuation that they thought they had. Right? Mm. They've put in a number of years in their business, and uh, and you know they're not getting the valuation that they thought they had to be able to, um, you know, exit out and meet their personal goals. Right? So uh, then it's like, okay, well, you know, you know, it's just like the broker said, okay, if you want to work with somebody that can help you get your valuation up, I know somebody that can do that, right? So then, you know, they can, you know, they turn there, refer them to me. Uh, some of the other things I do is I try to partner with, you know, state and local agencies and, and members sort of associations, just, you know, through educating them through webinars or workshops. So they understand just some of the challenges. That they may not think they have, or they may not have you know, thought about it, but it's actually, you know, lurking, right? They may have some latent, um, risk that they may not, they may be downplayed. And so through that, you know, so whether it's through, um, shows such as this, or whether it's through newsletters or, or through commenting on, uh, different blogs and social media uh, platforms, uh, people come to your way well, and then and they reach out to me as well.
0: So I want to connect you directly with the people in my audience. So I understand what you do, but what are a couple questions or things that an owner should be like asking themselves, like, because I don't want you to show up, I mean, you probably show up on their doorstep when it's an acute situation. Like you say, they're not getting the valuation and there is potentially regret, but maybe there's an owner out there that's not yet at the point where they're getting ready to transition and there's still an opportunity to build the company in a way that uh, preserves their legacy and also becomes thriving. Are there a couple, three things that you would either ask them or say, do now or think about doing this so they can maybe help them. Themselves now, and maybe still contact you when they may be at that point of transition.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that's that's a good point. So like, we talk about people. So uh, the owner, the question they can ask themselves is, "Hey, if I were away from my business for like three months, whether you know, to go on a vacation cruise, whether through some kind of disability or illness, mm-hmm. will my business still be able to continue to function and thrive?" I suggest doing now? The other thing is. If my largest customer, you know, if my top, you know, two or three largest customers were all of a sudden to go under, right? Will my business be able to survive and for how long? And then the other thing is, you know, say if whoever my supplier is, if you're in the uh, physical goods business, if they were all of a sudden not be able to uh, be available, if they, you know, increase their prices, we know, you know, with COVID and some of these other global issues that can happen, right? Supply, the whole supply chain that can happen. What, is, what does that mean for your business? And so those are some of the things, some of the questions that you want to be asking. And then the other thing is, do you know how much, uh, you know, your business is valued at? Right, What's the valuation for your business? Do you know it? And do you have an objective number for your business? And so those are, the, you know, a couple of those questions that, you know, I'll say you want to, you know, ask a no uh, right up front. And the other you know, final thing is what does the uh, your business um look like you know, when you when you're not part of it, when you're not running it anymore? So that's more like futuristic, right? What is your long term vision for your business, for your life? And you know, are you on track to do that, you know, you know, five or ten years from now?
0: Those are really well-placed questions. And I even, again, I'm still building a business myself, but I never thought about the valuation of my business because I'm still trying to build the value of it. But it's never a bad time to even think about, well, where are you at now? And where do you want to end up? And and having that vision out there, I so agree with you because I have a vision for my business of what it looks like. Where will I physically be that I can see the people around me? I can see myself on a stage. Leaders need to take some time to be able to have that foresight and be able to see the vision. And one more thing you brought up, and this is just near and dear to my heart. And it's a lot of the work that I do a little shameless plug for what I do. My background is in quality and operational excellence. And some of the quality standards that companies get to be certified to have inserted features in terms of risk-based thinking. Have you ever stepped back and looked at your entire portfolio of what are the risk of the of the people leaving retention turnover have you been able to look you know infrastructure it you know again single sourcing with your supply chain any government regulatory changes any acts of god mother nature that could potentially happen even if we think aliens is a fallacy and could not happen. We should be at least qualifying what are all the potential risks and then identifying what's the occurrence of it, what's the severity, do we have any ways to mitigate it, et cetera. All business leaders should be thinking about that and have a plan to address that. Absolutely. So talk to me now. So let's just say somebody said, you need to talk to Nana, or somebody says, you know, I got to change. I need your help. So what does it look like when finally you have an owner of a company agree to say, yeah, I do need some help? What is it like to work with you? What are some of the things that you do uh, to kind of bring them to from where they're at to a future state that is more desirable?
1: Yeah, so I try to, you know, understand just the context of um the the issue that you're dealing with the first thing is obviously what's top of mind what drove them to uh, come to speak with me so understanding of you know, the problem you know, the initial problem you no know, framing and initially it may just be like a simple kind of thing one line or two line things i have this challenge but then it's the you know we start to peel away the onion right so okay so what's your vision you No, know, what have you how long have you dealt with this problem uh, what have you tried before and and things of that sort and then you start to ask them about their goals and their vision. And then the next thing that we get into, okay, how about we do some kind of assessment? So maybe they may fill out, depending on what the nature of the issue is, it may be a 60 second type of assessment, but it may just be like a 15 minute type of assessment. But well, we get to kind of understand, okay, let's get a Let's get an understanding the full x-ray of your business and where is that? Because sometimes there may be some things that are more fundamental. Uh, than just a symptom that's just being experienced right now so that's basically where the conversation starts and then uh based on that based on the assessment we may just come to okay this is this is some maybe something that they can try on your own or maybe they just okay I, okay I understand these are some of the things I need to do and uh, I could use your help with that and we talk about okay what the nature of that help is going to be and we're just kind to go forward with that
0: Yeah, it's very similar to my model. I like to just start with a conversation with a client just to get to know them themselves because sometimes they may say this is what the problem is, but as you get to know them a little bit more, it's like, oh... This is really a different problem. we got to sort that mindset issue or what have you before we go into maybe a more technical approach. And I, too, then offer them, here's what I think needs to be done, and you can either do it yourself or can I partner with you because we already know that you're already stressed. You may not have enough resources. I could become part of your organization to be able to move you forward. But what I want to do is make it a little bit more relatable. I appreciate the work that you do with these business owners, but do you have an example where somebody did leverage your capabilities? Where were they at in their journey? And when you were done partnering with them, what were kind of the improvements in their business situation did they realize?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one company uh, that was an IT services company uh, that came to work with me was. Uh, they were in the process of, they were you know, looking to scale their business. Uh, but at the same time, um, they had some challenges, right? They had, um, they had spent a lot of you know, time uh, trying to build the infrastructure for it. And so they, what they thought they needed was say, uh, we just need to grow sales. Uh, but it turned out that they needed more than just sales, right? They needed to be able to understand just how do we make sure that the market that they're trying to grow into uh, it's going to be one that is, um, at a opportunity maximizing while at the same time, you know, minimizing their risk. And the risk a lot of times is, you know, it's multifaceted. It's not just, you know, making sure that our, you know, income statement doesn't end up in a loss. You know, it could, you know, along multiple vectors. What is, do we have enough processes in place? Do we have things documented so that we're not as reliant on, on key people? Are we? diversified in terms of our customer portfolio, understanding why customers buy from you and which of your products and services are actually scalable. Because Mm -hmm. you know, so that's why we want to look at your whole product and service portfolio to see okay which of these services are scalable because we don't want a situation where you have a whole bunch of menu items to to try and meet the needs and concerns of you know of a whole bunch of different people because you're just trying to kind of go for mass market, right? Uh, because what happens is there's a trade-off, right? There may be there may be products or services that have high markups, but then that are dependent on highly skilled people, and that what that means is that you have a high labor rates, right? Oh, so, yeah. and so, and then on the other hand, if you have things where a lot of different your broad number of employees can do chances are they probably are not uh they probably a commodity, damn a dozen, that type of thing, right? Which means that, you know, customers do not, you don't have the sticky customer, you know, base. So try to, you know, kind of where is that happy medium where you have, you know, products or services that can scale, meaning that you can bring in lower no level li- liberate, you know, people, uh, while at the same time making sure it's valuable to customers who buy those products or services on a repeated basis. So there is a lot of that stuff, the puzzle pieces that kind of, you know, come together. And then you start to then to talk about how do you how are you going to be positioning that from a marketing strategy perspective. And then we start to kind of talk about, you know, solidifying your business model and what, how that impacts the valuation of your business in terms of how does drive the value of the business up
0: you know i so appreciate what you do as you were describing what your approach is and all the decision logic that maybe they just don't have the time to realize you really do solve this like an engineer (laughs) if this is the end state then how can we back engineer you got this option you got this option here are the trade-offs here are the features and i really appreciate your mindset and your approach to things very very valuable I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates for experiencing job frustration. I wrote, The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven-point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months, and it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com, and click on my products, the CEO's Compass, and order yours on Amazon, or other outlets. And now back to the conversation. So on the engineering theme, (laughs) I want to go back to something personal. I love your bio because again, technically it talks about what you do, but why, why did you add in? And by the way, I was part of a team of chemical engineers and scientists who invented fat-free cottage cheese. It makes you very distinct and interesting. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, I did a chemical engineering in undergrad and. As part of that, I was um, I earned a a co-op fellowship, and so I got to work with craft foods, and, um, and part of my um, job, you know, was to um, do research on curd. You know, I would make uh, you know kind cut, cheese fat free, and I loved it because I, you know, it was it was cutting edge. I got to work with some great people, great chemists and scientists. And I felt like, you know, part of the reason why, and you know, I was proud of it was, or the team and just, um, Dr. Chen just the, was an incredible mentor. And also, you know, the fact that I was contributing, you know, something that was, um, healthy, right? You can have a nice delicacy, uh, you know, as a kind of a cheese, you know, at the same time, you know, having it in a healthy kind of, you know, uh, fashion. So. That was why I, I was I was proud to be a part of it. Obviously, you know, having my name as part of the team that got a patent was also just a, an added plus. But just being part of such a great team, uh, the confidence that you showed in having me being a part of the team, and also you know just add, the added value of you know, adding something that we felt was you know healthier uh, was was just um, something that I felt was really good. And just how that translated into the thinking process of okay. We know people love this product, but it may not be the healthiest. Thing. How do we make it healthier? Uh, so the end, no, so enjoy it and at the same time, uh, you know, be healthy. So that sort of thinking has always influenced my thinking in terms of other endeavors that I've grown into ever since. I'm not, now I haven't done chemical engineering. I didn't enter into chemical engineering as a professional, uh, unfortunately, but. But it's just something that I look back to, and uh, just the whole thinking process and the skill set that you know, that I gained from that influences my approach, just like you were alluding to in terms of, you know, how we approach, you know, um, how do we, re- you know, reverse engineer issues and solutions uh, to the starting point and, and vice versa.
0: So what I like about the story and the reason why I wanted to go there was because as I, I turn a little bit to my listeners, everybody has a story or something that makes them special or distinct or interesting because, while I don't want to belittle, you know, engineers or architects or finance people. There's many, many people out there. Sometimes we need to, I don't know put ourselves out there and say, by the way, there's this really cool thing that I did. And that makes you a little bit more memorable. So, I mean, and not to label you or anything like, oh, I know somebody that was uh, involved in, you know, the fat-free cottage cheese (laughs) trend or market. It just makes you interesting. And I'll uh, just to share as well in my highlights and my bio, I will include that I am a silver medalist in curling, you know, that sport Mm -hmm. where you throw stones on ice. Now it was, In the curling organization, you have the Olympic level performance and then different levels. I was in the lower level arena nationals, but hey, I was still competing, competing with the team and the team that I was on got a silver medal. So people think that is cool and it makes you memorable and you learn so many things from those experiences. So just to everybody listening out there, when you go on an interview, you're meeting with a client, don't be afraid to share some of that personal cool fun fact things about you because ultimately it's about connecting with the people it's not just the technical service we want you to stand out because you're the person that did that <laughs> it's a quick little sidestep here and lesson I just wanted to share with everybody but I want to get back to you because you do such valuable work and I understand that you've got this uh this retro strategy that really has a, a high return high impact uh, for your clients tell us a little bit more about this pr- approach and how it helps them
1: yeah, so one of the things that um, you know, we you know we discovered was that, you know, in order for us to do there is the long term thing where it's like, okay, in maybe in twelve months, let's work over the next twelve months, right? Are you looking to you know increase your profit by say twenty percent, ten percent, thirty percent, whatever that might be? And how do we get there? So maybe we can do some kind of uh monthly, you know, kind of strategizing session or whatever. But a lot of times what we find is that and a lot of these CEOs and owners, they don't necessarily have the time. And so, how do we make sure that you know we people can get the the problem solved quickly? And so we, you know, and so leveraging the background of, of you know being aware of you know agile and sprint and things like that from technology, and It's like, okay, how do we let's make them into strategic sprints and do it virtually? So, you know, one of the good things about COVID is that we all are of used to. Uh, Zoom and and WebEx and other things. So how do we make sure that we can, you know, drop in virtually and get things done in two weeks or less, right? Two weeks or less, very focused. Let's get it done. And then, uh, you know, solve that particular issue. And, you know, so that's basically what the main thing that we focus now, what we call the you know, strategy strengths. And it's just two weeks or less, right? Typically, ideally, uh, you know, in, in different technology organizations, a sprint could be like a two weeks or it could be three weeks or it could be four weeks. Uh, but getting owners and CEOs time, you know, for like four weeks or three weeks is it's been pretty challenging. So it's just like, OK, we can meet you where you're at. Right. So whether it's a full day or whether it's just you know, three days, five days or you know, 10 days, um, let's do that. Let's look at um, let's look at the foundational aspect of your business. Let's do an assessment. Now, let's look at what options, strategy options that you have. Uh, and so depending on the length of time, we can then talk about what's, and you know, what's an execute, good execution roadmap, and, and then uh, kind of go from there. So um, that then, you know, you know, it's high impact and uh, without, you know, burdening too much or, or being too much of a burden on your this time, uh, we feel it's something that's you know, very valuable and we're excited about that and uh, when we're it a lot of good feedback on that as well. And a lot of it had to do with just, you know, listening to you know, people, right? And listening to owners and, and the challenges and, you know, and working with them and be like, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to, because we have, like, masterminds that we have been doing. Uh, and it's just difficult getting our owners to be available for, like, you know, two hours or three hours or, you a know, week to do that. So we, we just said, okay. But we know they need these. They're, you know, whatever, they're growing uh, but, and, but, and they need a the strategic kind of help because a lot of times if you're involved in the business, you don't necessarily, you're not able to take the step back. It's almost like this story about somebody that's chopping, uh, wood with a sword and somebody offered to sharpen your the sword. They're like, well, we don't have the time for, you know, to sharpen the sword. We're chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they take the time to sharpen the sword, they could be able to, you know, chop the wood, you know, a lot faster. Um, so. Um, that's basically, you know, how do we sharpen your soil to chop wood faster in, the, you know, in, the, in as quick a time as possible.
0: You know, I really love that approach because you're right. Sometimes they'll say, I just don't have time for a consultant. We don't have time for this. We've got orders that we have to ship out. But I too will do the same thing when I'm approached to help a business owner is, well, let's just do like a small project. Let's just work on this. And what it does is it gives them a chance uh, to test drive you as a facilitator for that improvement. And you'll often find you'll come through with something of that high value. And often then that continues the conversation. What else can you do for me? What else? Can we go a little bit deeper? Let's go over here. So a a little bit of advice to anybody that's listening. If you have this big, hairy initiative, (laughs) if you're working in a corporation and you have something big to do, might you parse out just a sliver of that initiative? And again, in the agile environment, do something quick. High value impact gets people's attention and builds their trust with you to say, now we need to go after the big bigger opportunity. So I love the work that you do and I want people to connect with you. But so as we bring this to a close, I'd love to give you the opportunity to share any last thoughts or speak to the people out there that you want to connect with. Yeah,
1: I, uh, thank you. And I really appreciate you know, you know coming on your show. This has been a great opportunity and great conversation. I enjoyed it. And I said, you know, you know it doesn't hurt, right? Find out your valuation. Uh, you know, reach out, understand, um, you know, you may be doing some things well, there may be some things that you're not doing so well. So get an objective kind of view of, and it's free, get a free assessment of, it's almost like getting a free wellness check, right? Um, get an assessment of, okay, what are you doing well? And what can you be doing better? Um, and, um, you know, just what's what is your evaluation? That becomes very, very important. And then just understanding. okay, getting feedback, and okay, this is where my vision is over the next three to five years. Um and then based on that, you get free advice and you know, you know, who knows what that may lead. Listening to a podcast show or Bill Valley by Choice, where you get to you know, hear from other people. Uh, and there may be some things that you may not be aware of. Uh, and you get to just hearing it from the you know, perspective of other people and and other issues, you know, similar issues that people uh, in your industry uh, maybe experience some ABA people in other industries but that may be applicable because a lot of times innovation comes from borrowing ideas uh, or best practices from other industries that are maybe completely unrelated to yours but you, you adapt it into your uh, industry and in an office setting, you have something completely new so those are some of the things I mean the world is changing very fast it's very dynamic so uh, if you want to be able to stay in the game Uh, You need to be able to uh, listen to people that are. also you need to listen to. It's not just going to conferences, because I know a lot of business owners like to go to conferences, which is great. But leveraging the perspectives of other people who you may not necessarily meet at a conference, because these days there are multiple vectors. There's podcasts, uh, you know. There's conferences. Obviously, those are the um, you know already existing kind of status quo type of forums the like podcast and, and reaching out to, whether it's linkedin or any other you know, platform becomes extremely important uh for our know, business owners because right now the same issues that you you're facing other people have gone through it so why not take advantage of getting free advice on okay how do i i'm having i'm spending a lot of time in here how do i cut the time that i spend in my business by half um, how do i make sure that the valuation of my business is where i need it to be to support my long-term financial goals.
0: And hence the name of your podcast, which we didn't spend enough time on, Build Value by Choice. A great brand, a great name, and I'm sure a lot of great resources uh, for business owners and even, I'm sure, individuals to bring those concepts to their business owners. So, Nana, I want to thank you for being a great guest on the Drop-In CEO podcast. I am thrilled to have you in my network. I now got a guy, (laughs) a person that specializes in that valuation risk-based thinking and vision for owners that may not know exactly what the next step is. So I want to say thank you again, and I want to wish you, your business, and your family continued success.
1: Thank you, and same to you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring when you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.